I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And today we have two guests. One is our awesome regular guest, Valerie. Hello. My awesome daughter-in-law and Danica's wife. And we have another guest, Vaughn, who is going to join us for Mulan and Mulan 2. Oh my God, it's me again. Hello. Yay. <laughs> she has definitely been on before as, as a, one of our valued guests. Um, yes. Aww. I'm very happy to have her back to discuss these movies. Yes, and I'm very happy to be back because I missed you all last week, lots and lots. Yes, you um, were on... She, she didn't miss last week because we had to kick out. Yes, which actually I'm going to mention um, Flight of the Dragons that we teased at the end of the last episode is actually going to be bumped a little bit. You'll still get to hear it eventually, but because we found out the uh, release date for the live action Mulan, uh, we are uh, throwing Mulan into the mix right now. So it's going to be Mulan for three episodes and then we will give you that Flight of Dragons episode. So like... You know, if any of you were like really ready for that one, don't worry, it it will come. It's just delayed a little bit. Yeah. So yes, today we watched Disney's Mulan from 1998. Who wants to do a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis? Okay. In Disney's Mulan, the title character Mulan uh, has to find her place in the world and figure out if she wants to go with what's expected of her or fight for what she, she believes in. And That's, also, has, is that vague enough, or uh, do I need to be more specific? I, I'd say mention the dad thing. <laughs> oh, um, she has to fight for what she believes in and for her her family because her dad would have to go to war, uh, and he has previously fought and and has a limp. Is like not really in prime, yeah, war yeah. fighting. So shape. if he went, he'd most likely die. So, so she, she takes his place. Yep, at the at the. Not expense of, but but if she's found out, she would die. Yes, because women aren't allowed to to do that. But you probably know Milan, so <laughs> all of this was probably not necessary. Hey, I mean, maybe someone's listening to this who doesn't know Milan. Who knows? What is our general spoiler-free opinion of this? Do we recommend it? What do you What do you think? Uh, yeah, definitely recommend it. Saw it as a kid. It's Same. great. I, I, I definitely saw this one in theaters. I remember that, even though I was very young. And we named our hamster after Milan. I know. And she was the best hamster. She, she was, was a very the good best hamster. hamster. I would absolutely recommend this. It definitely, I I loved seeing it again. And it's just one of my all-time favorites. Uh, yeah, I, I hated it. No, um, I'd oh, no. <laughs> just kidding. I, I love this movie. Uh, it's not one of my favorite Disney movies I don't think but I, I really like it yeah I mean I, I love this movie too it's great it's fun it makes me cry it didn't used to but now it makes me cry sometimes it's good right yeah. that surprised yeah, me yeah. right <laughs> Did it, I, I just have so many emotions when yeah. I when it starts we'll, we'll get I, to the one scene that makes me me cry like a little baby now apparently oh, <laughs> that never happened yeah. as a kid now I'm just like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's get specific. You just always just the awkward end. Yeah, I we know. have to like awkwardly pause. 
And then you just start. <laughs> yep. That's how I do. Okay. So uh, this film performed better than both Hercules and The Hunchback of Notre Dame before it. Still not as good as Disney wanted it to, but like, I mean, it did good. That's always obnoxious. Kind I... of like, oh, it only made $15 billion. I know, We right? want it to be $20 billion, So it pretty yeah. much failed. <laughs> like, okay, chill. Yeah. Um... The uh, in 1994, the production team sent a select group of artistic supervisors to China for three weeks to take photographs and drawings of local landmarks for inspiration and to soak up the local culture. So they they had they made an effort to at least uh, artistically and stuff have some manner of of authenticity in in their creations instead of just relying on like what they remember or think about it, um, which was nice to know. Yeah, the rest of these I can just kind of sprinkle in wherever so yeah what do we want to talk about with story characters and voice acting i have so many voice acting can i throw this in before i forget this may not be the right section but little brother the dog reminds me of of stitch so much i don't know why Mm, no i can see that i can see that hey i can tell you why (gasps) what person the person who directed lilo and stitch voiced that dog are you serious Oh my gosh, I feel psychic now. Yes. <laughs> it's not like the the like artistic director like or who drew that dog and then artistically directed Lilo and Stitch. No, a voice. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's the director of Lilo and Stitch cuz cuz I saw at first I hovered over him but I saw something about Lilo and Stitch and I was like, "Oh, did he voice Stitch?" and then I was like, "No, directed." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. There's so like he went into that. He's like, "You remember you remember this really great part I played in Mulan? Can we bring <laughs> Some of that into this. <laughs> What's his name? What's his name? Let me find him. Uh, Chris, Chris Sanders. Sanders. Yep. Yeah, I yep. had I had it pulled up all the characters' names because I, I keep forgetting <laughs> who's nice. who. That's yeah, that's fine. That's valid. I actually didn't have a voice note written down about him because I have them about so many others, but I did remember that. <laughs> nice. I'm glad I could help. Yeah, I would nice. say too that little brother was just the most unnecessary character because it first of all he he wasn't even cute no offense he wasn't even cute but he served no purpose now i I can absolutely see mushu and the cricket they certainly had very valid parts you know and and supporting characters but little brother was just no offense very useless useless. i'd have to argue that he does have a, a function of one of the many uh supporting instances showing how mulan how she thinks and oh and the innovation of when yeah. she oh well exactly like instead oh. of doing her chores herself she gets to sleep in and have little brother do her chores you know what little brother reminds me of um the pig in moana it's like our opening scene cute animal sidekick that doesn't actually go on the adventure or, or exist in the whole rest of the movie that's i think yeah that's i a, mean a I, I just feel like well yeah and i and i can definitely see what you're saying to me also it shows her innovation and thinking on her you know well i say thinking on her feet that i guess that comes later but her innovation but then if if that is the case because then i definitely think that's a valid point then they should have had little brother, you know, come greet her when she came home or whatever, you know, or give her away when she was kind of going. I mean, did you really miss him, though? No, but I didn't it even just remember that he doesn't exist in the rest of the movie until it was brought up. Because who cares know, about I little just... brother? 
I yeah. think he's in the sequel, and maybe he'll get a better chance in that one. Yeah, Who knows? maybe it's his I, time to can, shine. <laughs> did anyone else notice there's, like, no other Disney quote-unquote princess who has as many animal companions as Mulan does? <laughs> she has, like, four. <laughs> I mean, did Sleeping Beauty, she had all, all her forest friends. Does that count? Uh, um, I, I guess. I don't know, because the only one I actually remember is the owl. And the rest feel like they were just very stereotypical forest critters, well, rather than, like, animals with personality. Well, it's the, like, Cinderella. So yeah, Cinderella had a lot of mice. And yeah, the but Cinderella and... has two main mice and then the other mice. It's kind okay. of like, Talk. they have hordes, but they don't have, like... A bunch of individuals with names. Mulan has a dog, a horse, a dragon, and a cricket, and they've all so, got names. I even think, though I didn't say. I any think of this their is what they do now. when they have like a reclusive princess. They're just like, oh, uh, we gotta have some kind of interactions. So we'll give her a dog, and then a cricket. Uh, There's all this other stuff. Mice, birds. You know, just give her a whole Since bunch we're of animals. On this note, I have <laughs> I have to talk about the cricket because I actually have notes about that don't you hate on that cricket i like that cricket no <laughs> i i'm gonna say this since you accuse little little brother of being uh useless the cricket is probably more so i mean what does he do does he do anything <laughs> he he writes he writes the oh letter that's right he, was a, he also yeah right he, because yeah. mushu couldn't write that if they wanted Mushu to write the letter. Like, they really oh, definitely yeah, needed a Cricket character to do that. I like, yes. Uh, <laughs> Anything like, Cricky sure, sure, does, sure. Mushu could have done. Yeah, the, the Cricky, uh, typewriter okay, noises. you guys, but the movie cannot do without Cricky in Hey, let cup. me read you, let Ch- me read you my fun fact. Day. It's very, <laughs> it's very relevant. Veteran story artist Joe Grant created the cricket character Cricky, though animator Barry Temple admitted the directors didn't want him in the movie. The story department didn't want him in the movie. The only people who truly wanted him in the movie were Michael Eisner and Joe Grant and myself because I was assigned the character. I would sit in meetings and they'd say, and and they'd say, well, where's the cricket during all this? Somebody else would say, oh, to hell the cricket. They felt Cricky was a character who wasn't necessary to tell the story, which is true. Throughout development in the film, Grant would slip sketches of Cricky under the director's door. <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. So, cute. Oh, that's, so that's both of great. us are valid because a handful of people really liked the Cricket and wanted it in there, and most people didn't. <laughs> that's hilarious. That I is hilarious. It. I will definitely concede that he is an unnecessary character, but I like Cricky. <laughs> I like Cricky much more than Little Brother. Sorry. Uh, Danica a couple times asked, like, does anybody else interact with the cricket? Like, after Mulan lets him out of the cage, she never interacts with Cricky again. Like, at all. She doesn't look at him or talk to him or anything. It's only Mushu. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just had a really awful idea. <laughs> what if Mushu that ate one? the cricket and he's like a figment <gasps> of his guilt? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one who acknowledges him after that. <laughs> oh, that's awful and i hate it this I sounds know, like the I'm sort sorry. of thing that would be on like internet forums in the 2000s <laughs> along with the rugrats or, oh, no. uh, theories and stuff you know it's like drop dead oh, fred like it acts as if he's there but no it's just uh mushu actually did write the letter he was just yeah oh no i brought it real dark let's go somewhere else i hate it <laughs> who wants to guess who voices cricky i know who voices i already Tom. know because i brought you know who voices <laughs> Oh, both of them. Mom, do you want to guess who voices Cricky and Khan at the same time? Wait, Cricky and who? 
Khan, the, the horse. horse. Oh. Um, I'm, I might not remember his name, but he does a lot of animal yes. things. Yes, it's our friend Frank Welker. Movies. Yes, it's yes. dear old Frank Welker. <laughs> Take a shot when you yes, bring a yes. Frank Welker. <laughs> I'll try to remember at least Frank. I love Mulan a lot. It's very good. Like, she's so endearing. And like, yeah, I mean, she's kind of stereotypically clumsy, but it really works for her. She really makes it work as a character trait. And I don't know. She's just like awkward. And I love her. Yes. Yeah, I I I like her too. Most of the comedy with the matchmaker falls really flat for me. Yeah. Especially the ink facial hair thing, um, which I'm... I don't have good feelings about, but like none of it was like she gets stuff splashed on her, the cricket goes in her boob, she gets fire on her butt. Like none of it really works for me. I'm just kind of like eye rolling and wanting the scene to be over. (laughs) Yeah, the whole like plot contrivance of like, oh, it's the cricket that has to make her do poorly. The most amusing part was when the door slammed open and everyone else got to see the state of affairs because then I put myself in the mind of them of like, how do they rationalize how it got to this point? (laughs) And I feel like what that tells me (laughs) is that if we had like cut away shortly after she did the the ink facial hair thing or whatever and then cut to that scene it probably would have been more funny because you would have been left to fill in the blanks of how this happened yeah just like mm, did she like point. push her onto the fire like how did she yeah, yeah. the rumor mill would have been crazy after that <laughs> oh, i know right <laughs> I, I think they do a great job of making you feel certain that if her father goes, then he will die. Mm-hmm. Like, the just the, the impending, like, doom and, like, sadness of, like, if he does this thing, he will not make it. I feel they, they drive that in really well. Yeah, yeah I and I think it's... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You too. You go. I was just going to say, I think twofold to me. One is showing his... His former skill, but his absolute dedication and his and his sense of duty, meaning that he wasn't he wouldn't give up and he would he would hide his his shortcomings and just give it all, you know, give his all. And then secondly, showing that it's not just a limp that I mean, but that he has severe severe, you know, problems from whatever that's caused from because when he was doing his his different moves, martial art moves, um, he winced in pain. It wasn't just, it wasn't just the leg. It seemed to be, you know, muscles or, or, or I don't know, some, some type, because I think he, he had to drop the sword. He winced in pain. So yeah, I just think it was very well done. That moment of, of si- that there's moments of silence in the film. And one of the most uh, striking is, is early on when she's sitting underneath the statue and she's just watching her mother and father through the window talking like the the fact that there is no dialogue and the only sounds are like the the thunder and stuff during that scene helps really sell its impactfulness much more than than if she was even just talking out loud to herself or something and then of course even more so the scene immediately after that with her hair cutting and decision making mm-hmm. like the the fact that you don't hear her talk during any of that really makes those scenes work in a way that they wouldn't have if she'd been talking or singing or something. Um, Which is where I have to bring in another thing. 
Sorry. Sequence six, in which Mulan takes her father's conscription order, cuts her long hair, and dons her father's armor, served as a pivotal moment in the evolution of Mulan's character. Director Barry Cook explained that the sequence initially started as a song storyboarded by Barry Johnson and redrawn by character designer Chin Yi Chang. Following the story changes to have Mulan leave to save her father, the song was dropped. Storyboard artist and co-head of story Dean DeBloy was tasked to revise the sequence and decided to board the sequence with minimal dialogue. DeBloy stated, Sequence 6 was the first sequence that got put into production and it helped to establish our silent approach. And... Very yeah, powerful. good, because it's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, along with storytelling, I, and I know we will discuss these elements individually, but what made it so powerful is the use of silence, as you said, the use of shadows, the use of song, and and even just the use of, yeah, the use of going from song, you know, with silence. It was just amazing. Just great storytelling. Yeah, and we also need to talk about the early conceptions for this story were very different in its earliest stages. It was conceived as like a Tootsie like romantic comedy film. Oh, no, where, that sounds awful. Where Mulan, oh, yeah. who is a misfit tomboy loves that loves her father, is betrothed to Shang, whom she's not met. On her betrothal day, her father, Fa Zhao, carves her destiny on a stone tablet in the family temple, which she shatters in anger, running away to forge her own destiny. Acting as head of story, Sanders grew frustrated with the romantic comedy aspect of the story and urged producer Pam Coates to be more faithful to the original legend by having Mulan leave home because of the love of for her father. So yes. yeah, we had yes. very different <laughs> ways that this movie could have gone. And and even, even once they stopped kind of having that romantic comedy aspect, uh, uh, we watched some of the deleted scenes and a lot of their beginning stuff still seemed to be very focused on Mulan feeling like she's different and, and wanting to prove herself and stuff like that and that being her only real motivation rather than it being framed around loving her father and wanting to protect him too that aspect took a little bit for them to really understand it needed to be a core part of her motivations Mm -hmm. and i feel like they uh, i'm so glad with them going in this direction and i feel that they did a really wonderful job of making that very evident throughout the storytelling and some of just the really, well, I say simple, but just the really well done scenes, you know, like after her going to see the matchmaker and her dialogue and her interaction with her father and, you know, and, and the, the use of the song, but also the use of limited dialogue, just, you know, just really established that bond. And also the way and even his reaction and um his his reaction to to her leaving and with her mother i mean you know the mother when, saying when go. he like runs after her and then falls oh. into the mud oh i teared gosh. up i couldn't I know, handle it I know, oh, the dad I yes yes i mean his <laughs> love for her just was so evident and then even it was so powerful when his you know when the mother said you know you have to go after her you know and he's like if I reveal her or, you know, or she'll die. And he's like, if I reveal her, she will. I mean, just, and even just, even then those moments of that look on his face, that, that, that conflict of just everything in him wanting to go, but knowing that he can't, that he'll put her in more danger. Oh, it was just so well done. I just think they really did. One of the best 
jobs, I think of establishing that strong bond relationship out of the Disney movies. I mean, just of, of showing a relationship and that really nuanced and that just absolute, you know, kind of love and res- kind of love, both love and respect that they both seem to have for each other. Changing it up. How <laughs> do you think of, how do you feel about Mushu's? you know, role in all of this. Mushu's oh my God. whole thing. I have so much to say. I don't even know where to start. Wait, wait. Do I have a fun fact about Mushu? Let me check. Let me check. Oh, because there was no dragon in the original legend, Mulan did not have animal companions. It was Roy E. Disney who suggested the character of Mushu. Mm. Thanks, Roy. Well, to, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think, again, kind of another I don't you know, hate copycat. Mushu, oh, I know, but, but it's like another wanting to have a big name like Robin Williams in your oh, movie. Oh, it's 100% that, yes. Yeah. I, I don't think it was terrible. I think some of the, the goofy noises around him or, or some of the Foley choices, but that's later. I, I think it could have been worse. It, it, it kept up pretty well, I think. Unless Vaughn has a... I think, I think it's... I feel like it's fairly safe to say, though, that of the two main animated roles that I know Eddie Murphy has played, Donkey is definitely the better character with more heart than Mushu is. Yeah, I would say Donkey has more heart, but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think it was terrible. And it works better worse. for the story. Well, I think right. it could have been worse. so when you when you say he works better for the story, I find that interesting because something I realized rewatching this today was that. Mushu is all of the plot device. Like no one, no one pushes the story forward unless unless it's him. Like or the or the Huns doing. But I mean, really, I he. I guess what I mean is like <laughs> themes. But yes, as far as actual moving of the plot, you're I, I actually right. really want to see the live action one now because I'm like, how is this gonna move forward without this dragon? <laughs> it was. It would have been. I, I think he plays an important part because he keeps the story from being what would have otherwise been probably pretty dark because it's a war oh, yeah. a war story with like really high stakes for this personal like the relationships of this family and so he's like comic relief and I don't know if you could have a Disney movie that didn't you know that was really that dark especially an animated yeah. one um, the closest they arguably got is Hunchback and their comic relief in that is oh yeah well, <laughs> not, not well <laughs> we'll talk done. about that in an episode at some <laughs> yeah. point but yeah, no, Vaughn, I, I 100% agree with you. In fact, I was going to say that. I mean, I think that it that that was one of the biggest roles that Mushu served, and that was relieving the tension and bringing that comic relief in what, like you said, would otherwise have been a very dark, dark story and dark narrative. I think through Mushu, we also see the primary role of Cricky, which is to serve as as a silent other character for Eddie Murphy to bounce stuff off of. Um, like, like they get a lot of mileage out of Mushu being able to talk to someone who doesn't talk back. Yeah. And that seems to, after, after the opening segment and after Cricky is released by Mulan, that seems to be Cricky's primary purpose is, is for Mushu comedy fodder. Right. 
And, and Mushu is the only one, of course, who can understand Cricky, uh, similar to in Guardians of the Galaxy um, Rocket with um, Groot, you know, initially, because I mean, I, I, just like Cricky was saying something and he's like, what? Why didn't you tell me? Blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, they have dialogue or going Or Chewbacca back. and Han Solo. Yeah. So, I mean, it's I that. I yeah. movies, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but other people interact with Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. In a way that they don't. Does any does anyone else like? Well, eventually, Guardians of the Galaxies can also understand Groot. (laughs) Well, there's that scene where he he talks to physically uh, interact, like he can menace people. That's true. He talks to Chifu. I think we're talking about different things. We are. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) We went on on a bad tangent. Ignore (laughs) us. Okay, I'm sorry. I was I was like, (laughs) wait a minute. No, we're sorry. No, no, it's, it's it's Danica's fault. Rude. <laughs> I actually brought it up, so I guess you could put the blame on me. But no, I just mean is, yeah, I mean, I think that that interaction and two is if you even wanted to go like deeper in a narrative, you know, I think there's a lot of parallels in the way the society is and mirroring those roles because women were supposed to be silent. We're not supposed to speak in a man's presence. And then you have, you know, those contrasts, you have a very loud Mushu and then you have the silent Cricky who is more, I mean, so I, I just think you have a lot of kind of parallels and a lot of symbolism maybe. I'm not sure. Cause Cricky, there's no scene of Cricky like speaking or like, or like, doing the development that that Mulan has of like no I do something so I'm not sure if that that holds up as a you could just really easily cut Cricky out of the movie and have Mushu do everything Cricky does yeah yeah but Cricky's but, but very a... cute <laughs> I mean no, I, I do I do have a plush of Cricky so oh, I, know, I think you have I a good know. point that uh, Cricky functions as a fodder for yes for Eddie Murphy exactly you know riffing a silent man for him to play against um okay lee lee Shane. also i Shane. will just oh, say one talk? other thing okay After one this, last thing that i think i think cricky also is reinforces the uh, kind of the little heart of the movie you know cricky's little tears and and empathy for everything that mulan's going through and in different scenes so i think a little cricky also no no i don't feel it in fact i think he actively takes away from some of the emotional scenes which i will talk about when we get to songs (laughs) um but uh mom i get i get it i get it this is the whole evan rude situation from the rescuers again i understand (laughs) you like cute bugs in disney films I didn't think I didn't rem- I didn't think about that connection, but I guess you're wrong. Yeah, no, I exactly yes. thought ba- about that. Babe, do you wanted to move on to something else? Uh, Lee Shen's conflict of liking Ping that is very yes. interesting. Lee, Lee, Lee Shen's conflict of like accepting that he is bi, <laughs> <laughs> just like accepting that it's okay that you that you like this guy and then it's still okay when it turns out it's a, a lady it's all good man yeah. you're valid it's like you like ping <laughs> how is mulan any different just like them it's yeah. fine <laughs> yeah um did uh, y'all good, know great, the meaning, great job bd uh, wong he did great the meaning of of uh that name ping fall um i think annalise said something like means um so, well i want to say uh fall is like face um, darn, I'll have to ask her. Now I cut this out. I got to figure no, out no, what I, that was. No, no, I Googled it real fast. Apparently, uh, Fa Ping means uh, it's a, a Chinese expression for eye candy. 
It means, it literally means, this It's a, this is a comment on Reddit, so if anyone wants to look it up, you can find it. It says, fopping literally means flower vase, which is used to describe ladies yes. who are very good looking, but otherwise would not do any work or are too fragile to do any manual labor. Wow. Just sitting there looking pretty all day long, much like a flower vase. Yes, well. I just, I knew it was face, but I couldn't remember the other words. So yes, flower face. Flower We've face, We've all learned yeah. something today. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I I had never heard that. Yeah, me neither. Uh, otherwise, Li Shen, besides his romantic conflict, yes, BD Wong does a great job. Like he's a great character. Definitely, it's interesting. You know, oh, I guess that's kind of sad. Thinking about his relationship with his dad versus Mulan's relationship with her dad. Interestingly, the him that being his dad was a relatively late addition that they'd realized that they could have that connection and it would strengthen some of the themes in the movie and stuff. Yeah. 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 And that, it yeah, definitely did. Also just a little fun fact, Jackie Chan voiced uh, Li Shang in all three Chinese versions. And if you're wondering what all three Chinese versions mean, that means in the Cantonese version, the Taiwanese Mandarin version, and the mainline standard Mandarin version. Oh. He voiced he voiced wow. Li Shen and Li Shang in all of this. He sang them all too, didn't he? I think so. Yeah, because because oh. singing like B D Wong didn't sing, did he? Was that him? No, oh. Donny Osmond sang. Donny Osmond. Man, I I don't know nothing about Donny Osmond, but I would never have known that wasn't B D Wong. <laughs> let me let me tell you why. Donny Osmond had previously auditioned to be the speaking voice of the title character in Hercules. Um, he didn't get that obviously, but then he managed to get this role. Throughout recording, Osmond studied Wong's dialogue tapes and aimed to match his inflections and personality. So that's that's why. That's some good Os- work, Os- Donny Osmond. Os- Osmond right? commented that awesome. his sons decided that he had finally made it in show business when he was in a Disney <laughs> oh, film. I, I personally love him in Law and Order. <laughs> oh. Wong. Yes. No, B.D. Oh. Wong or... B.D. Wong's in Law and Order. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, so he, Osmond made a conscious effort to try to... That's make awesome. it that's sound kind of creepy but amazing. So you don't have like the quest for Camelot, just like oh, sudden Jesus. total voice change. Yes, that was <laughs> which those awesome. songs are great, but just like the difference. Um, I forget it, the character's name. The I know you're talking, but about yeah, his just sudden total voice change when he starts singing is awkward. <laughs> That's but yeah, great. no, Donny Osmond does a great job. Yes. Which I love, we will yeah, I used definitely to watch, talk more about that song later. <laughs> I used to watch their variety show, Donny and Marie Osmond. They're awesome. I love them. <laughs> They're good people. I'm not sure about that. I've heard he's kind of extreme with his religious views, but I don't know enough about that to really get into it. So, uh, okay. They're talented. Are, sure. What about the three, the three bros? Oh, Ling, we want, yeah. Uh, Yao Chip. and Chien Po. Yao Chinpo. Yes, what about Harvey Fierstein is Yao. If you were wondering who that voice is that you recognize. That guy. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's sure. one of those voices that just that's just his voice. That's yep. just what he sounds like. <laughs> uh, what about these guys? Any thoughts? I love Chinpo. They're fine. Yeah, they're funny. <laughs> yeah, Chinpo's a, a like I mean, he it's definitely he definitely gets a lot of fat jokes thrown his way like I just, just like, mean oh, like, he's so big that he makes the ground shake or he's in the background eating, but he's such a sweetheart. He's so chill. I want to be like Chimpo. <laughs> yeah, valid. And we'll definitely get to also, see more of these can, three in the sequels. So look just, forward to that. Isn't it? It's kind of sweet compared to, I don't uh, I guess I can't bring it up. It's the song thing, but I like one of the lines that he says in one of the songs. 
Oh yeah. Just no, remember, I yeah, I definitely I we'll talk what, about. I think I know yeah, what you're yeah, gonna you say. know. I think I know. Yes. But, you and know, then, they're really great. Um, the character that I can't stand and I hate, but again, I guess it does a good job of me hating him, is the Emperor's, uh, I don't know. Chifu. Yeah, Chifu. Played by played by James Hong, who you might know as, like, Asian characters in a lot of different media all over. Um, he's, he's a very prolific voice actor. He's voiced tons of minor characters in all sorts of movies and shows. And he's also voiced Mr. Ping from Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Uh, the the oh dad. My, oh my gosh, is he the goose? <laughs> yes, oh, he's the... My, yes. my favorite line from that whole show, noodles, don't noodles. Ah, it's always noodles. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. No, he's a amazing character in that series. I love him so much. He's so good. Um, and then Dallin Wong from Jackie Chan Adventures. Do you remember who that is, babe? Um, he's like the kind of magical using... He's he's one of the main antagonists, but not like the main dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shows up a decent amount, but not... Yeah, oh, yeah. man, that's Jackie a blast from the so past. Jackie, Jackie Chan Adventures. Adventures. Man, I love that show. What was that What was that uh, thing he used to say the grandpa when he was working his... his uh, Magic. One more thing. Oh no no no! Oh, he had like no a, no no! What is it? Yeah, um, he had like a little saying. Oh. I'm gonna butcher it because it's it's probably. Not I know it involves it. fighting. Was it actual sow? Chinese no. or was it fighting? Just... Fighting sow is definitely part of the line. What? Da 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 da! Fighting sow. That's part. Oh, yeah. of Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, though. So I don't feel. Yeah. Yes. Umagway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fighting that's sow. what it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yes. it's probably an actual phrase that I'm butchering. Uh, I, I apologize. Probably. I want to rewatch that now. I liked that show. <laughs> it's such. It's a great series. Well, but anyways, yes, back on to this. Yes. Very good matches, though. Now, who does Mulan's voice? That. Uh, that's a good question. That is a Ming-Na Wen. Oh, she's so cool. She's oh, so I good. Love her voice. Does she Ming-Na also Wen sing? Ming-Na Wen is great. She's in lots of stuff. Um, the no. the. Foremost live action thing that I remember seeing her in was Agents of Shield. I forget her mm. character's oh, name. Okay. Um, she, she was in um, The Mandalorian as well. She was also She's in The Mandalorian. That Ooh. didn't work out for her though. <laughs> but she was in an episode of The Mandalorian. Okay. Um, no, she's great. She's a great actress. Um, and did she also the singing? Sing? The singing voice, no, is Leah Salonga, who also performed Jasmine's singing voice in the original Aladdin. Oh. She was initially cast to provide both Mulan's speaking and singing voices, but the directors did not find her attempt at a deeper speaking voice uh, when Mulan impersonated Ping at convincing. Well, so hmm. she didn't. She get got to just be the singing voice. Hmm. Okay. Oh, let's talk about the grandmother. Oh, okay. I loved her. I loved oh, her. Yes. <laughs> she's she, she's got some good lines. She's I got was. some good lines, and she's got a lot of urges and needs that yeah. she needs fil- fulfilled. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Oh, no. <laughs> and she makes that very clear <laughs> at multiple points. Yeah. She's so funny. <laughs> she is voiced by June Foray who you probably don't recognize the name of, which is a shame because you should. She, um, for one, I didn't mention this in our very first episode, old episode Growing Pains, but she voiced Lucifer and Cinderella. Um, Chuck Jones was quoted as saying of her, June Foray is not the female Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc was the male June Foray. Oh. She has she voiced many, many, many roles in lots of things. A lot of them are bit roles or smaller, smaller things. But here's some 
relatively well-known characters you might know. Rocky the Flying Squirrel. Cindy Lou Who from the um, Who Stole Christmas uh, animated special. Granny from the Looney Tune cartoons. Uh, Ah, yes. Witch Hazel from the Looney Tune cartoons. Grammy Gummy from... (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yes. And Magica Dispel from the original DuckTales. Wow. She has done lots of things, and I did her discredit by not talking about her in our Cinderella episode way back when. And then her, she did not do the singing. Her singing uh, voice was Marnie Nixon, who is now recognized as the singing voice of leading actresses on the soundtracks of several old musicals, including Deborah Kerr in The King and I, Natalie Wood in West Side Story, and Aubrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady, although wow. her roles were concealed from audiences when the films were released. Oh my goodness. So if you, wow. if you have seen any of oh, those of course, of classics... Course. Of course. She did that singing, not those actresses. The truth comes out. Of course. And for those new listeners to this this broadcast, my dad was director of theater for 25 years uh, in Texas. And so I grew up with musicals. So absolutely, all of those resonate with me. Danica, did you tell us who, who was it that was the father? The father um, is Soontech O. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't know who he is offhand, but he did a great job. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I was going to ask about the emperor. The emperor of China is voiced by Pat Morita, who uh, you might know as Matsuo Arnold Takahashi from Happy Days, Mom. Oh. Um, or yeah. or Mr. Miyagi in the Karate Kid oh, series. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. The first ancestor, the main ghost dude that we see, is of course George Takei. Takai Takei. I think Takai, but. But yes, uh, that he, that's clearly him, and I don't have a fun fact written down because you know who that is. Some of the other uh, lady ancestors were voiced by Mary Kay Bergman, who you might know as the voice of Scooby-Doo's Daphne in Zombie Island, which is Ghost and Alien Invaders before her untimely death. And there are also additional uncredited voices, and I know at least one of them was one of the ancestors because I'm pretty sure I pinpointed him, is Roger Bumpass and Richard Stephen Horvitz, who are voice actors that you might know as Squidward and Zim from Invader Zim, respectively. Oh, wow. Goodness. So they were both in there also. Wow. So we have lots of good voice acting talent on here. Definitely. Definitely. Wow. I think I finally said all of my voice acting notes. <laughs> That's awesome. And as also anyone new to this broadcast, we we talk about this in some of, um, in many of our episodes is is that just because someone is a good actor or actress that does not always equate to being a good voice actor or actress and so we have a lot of respect for good voice actors and actresses yes definitely so much respect voice actors and actresses are amazing oh here's here's uh one final not not for other sections uh like story i guess note directing note as a Christian, Bancroft declined to explore Buddhism within the film. That's the fact that I told you I needed to click the edit the like citation, citation to find out what like what does that mean? Does that mean that he was like, well, I'm not Buddhist, so respectfully I want to not try to comment on that when it's not my place, or does that mean Christianity is the one true religion and I don't want to discuss Buddhism in this movie that takes place in a country where that's the primary religion. The answer is the second one. So yay. Wow. Goodness. 
Hmm. Yeah. Well, so you just mean they didn't go? I mean, because they definitely showed the uh, some of the rituals, but you're just saying they just didn't want to. They didn't want to do anything to really actually explore the religion or show people practicing it in any, in any meaningful oh, way gosh. because it's not Christianity. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Like they probably could have had. This is a good of... Christian film. Oh, y'all. gosh. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. They probably could have had more maybe accurate representations of how they would pray to their ancestors or something. Yeah. Uh, but they just said, I'm going to I'm gonna go pray. Oh, you know what character we haven't actually talked about? Who? Sean Yu. Oh, oh yeah. my sure. goodness. What was the name of the guy from uh, uh, the quest for Camelot? He was that levels of like, <laughs> does he look evil enough? <laughs> look at his eyes. Yeah. Do you think he looks like a villain yet? We made his eyes black. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like the one moment where I kind of liked him was his like nice work, gentlemen. You found the HUD army bits. That was like one of the few moments where I got like a peek at a fun personality that he might have. And occasionally it almost flirts with like him being mildly interesting and then always backs away from it. He's just, I mean, he sure is evil. And that's about all that we can really say about this man. Yeah. <laughs> And and capable, I guess. Yeah, like I mean, with the, sure. the whole doll situation of like I could gather so much information from just this doll. He's intimidating, and he certainly, even to the end of the movie, still feels more intimidating than the villain from Quest for Camelot. But he's not interesting. He's not a Disney great because there's not a lot of personality yeah, to work his, with. Unfortunately, his motivation is boring. He's like, "Oh, you built a wall, so I'm here to test it." Uh, okay, and I mean <laughs> that could be interesting if you like really build that into being yeah. part of his character of like want of like and showing that drive to like tear down like these things that people say that he can't yeah, do, but, but they don't really explore. Yeah, that. he mentioned it once, and then it was just like, "I do it because I can." <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly like yeah he's just boring i did i did find uh that how many does it take to deliver a message one and then the cut to black very effective though mm-hmm. little, little little kid me got the implications there too and was yeah. was always horrified by that scene yeah yeah i think it's interesting what they kind of had to do to convey the plot of like breaking up her like even starting with him the choice to start with his invasion, I, I think was effective. Yeah. And I don't think that they, I, I think the transitions to kind of show this is where they plan to go or like, look, he knows that the general is there and then back to the uh, uh, main story. And then you kind of see the uh, ramifications of them finding out. I thought they did that really well. Yeah. Like I feel overall, like he is an effective villain and like he, meets the baseline standard of what they need for intimidation and just having a villain in this movie, but he doesn't do anything to go beyond that. He doesn't do anything to elevate himself and make him an interesting character. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the disappointment, is just because he's in a string of movies where that was very much not the case. <laughs> like Every movie before him from the Disney Renaissance had memorable villains, and even the... The one after it, Tarzan, has a more memorable villain than him. Like, Clayton isn't one of my favorite villains, but Clayton's got a personality. Sean Yu doesn't... He has bare... He has brief glimpses at an interesting personality that are never really actually used. He has a hawk. 
He sure does. <laughs> if he had even like been shown like petting it or like something showing some amount of affection towards it to where we're like, oh, he does have like one thing that he cares about. But like, no, we have no real indication he even gives a crap about the hawk. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, near the end of the story, they kind of abandoned the that connection. So, yeah, there could have been something interesting there that they didn't do. Just lots of failed opportunities. Yeah, he's kind of one note. But like you said, he is... He's one note in an uninteresting way. Because, like, we we saw Rescuers Down Under, and McLeach is fairly one note, but he's also really fun to watch. Like, he's just... He's a fun villain, and as I said in that episode, should be considered in when in the conversation of great Disney villains. He's great. He's good. But, like, Sean Yu, there's just... There's not much there he's an he's an intimidating dude and that's about it um so when mulan was walking into camp and and it's like just kind of showing how gross men are and i was like men really are gross though yeah that's just kind of how i felt i was like yeah they are kind of nasty don't don't um offend our listenership danica (laughs) just like wash yourselves man (laughs) I would argue that all of my children, and and that includes my daughters, <laughs> definitely have their moments that I would also say are categorized as gross. Wow, mom! Dang. Wow, mom! Calling out our whole family out. on this show. Mom, I, mom, I think, I think we have to talk about if if I, we can continue in this in this working relationship anymore. <laughs> Um, oh, I had I had the quote. I never want to see a naked man again. That and was then, fun. and then just they rush by. I can relate to. <laughs> I, I think the I uh, the very uh, like covering of of bits yeah works pretty well. Sometimes sometimes it's distracting about like kind of what they put there and how it looks. The main but. thing that distracted me was when she got out of the river and they were still back there dealing with the snake or whatever. The horse was covering her from our viewpoint on the side, but not from behind, which was their viewpoint if they happened to look that way. So the horse covering only helped us, the audience, not anything in reality. That's fair. So they were probably just like, hey, Ping, nice butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> oh, goodness. Too funny. But yeah, and two is, is I like the things that they didn't, you know, they didn't show and insinuated well. And I'm trying to remember of what direction but when they had um i forgot his character's name but he got on there i'm king of the rock that was that was really comical because you could just imagine what she was what she was having to to see (laughs) yes how she was just kind of trying to look away the character is like perpetually embarrassed she's like hiding her face Mm -hmm. because she's like she's even embarrassed when like ladies wave at her she walks by that was so cute yes yeah that was so cute She's adorable. I, I love that. I, I know. I know. So, the whole yeah. mountain scene is great. Like, just, it flows really well in the action of it. I'll talk about the animation in that section, but, like, just the scene itself is is very well done, I think. Yeah. And then just to kind of recap, but I just really feel like the, there wasn't really 
any lull in this. And, and I feel like the story was very compelling and it flowed well. And again, I just, yeah, it just was really, it just kept me engaged. I just think the combination, again, of the songs and where the songs were, uh, the use, the different development of even emotional scenes and connections between people in different scenes. I don't know. Just really well done. I was very impressed. Yeah. Yeah, no, the pacing great. was great. Well, do we want to go on to some animation talk? Sure. I loved it the way the way that like the smoke and different effects like that look. Yeah. Um, it's really visually nice. Um, also, on the same line of what Vaughn was saying earlier about... Man, Sean, they sure do a lot of effort to make Sean you look evil. I like that even the Huns' horses look evil. Yes. Evil horses. <laughs> we can't have you feeling any sympathy for these horses. Um, well, and two is going back to animation. I love how the arrows coming at you looked and 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 the arcing of the arrows and then coming down and and even in contrast and in combination with the snow and the work they did with all the snow and avalanches and the movement of the snow was just amazing yeah yeah let me i have a few um fun facts about about the animation and art style and stuff since there's no general consensus on the time of Mulan's existence, they based the visual design on the Ming and Qing dynasties. Um, an important element of Bakker's design was to turn the art style closer to Chinese painting with watercolor and simpler design. And then when we come to the actual mountain scene to create the 2000 Hun warriors or, or soldiers during their attack... Uh, the production team developed crowd simulation software called Attila. This software allows thousands of unique characters to move autonomously. A variant of the program called Dynasty was used in the final battle sequence to create a crowd of 3,000 in the Forbidden City. So, so yeah, like... It just looked beautiful. Oh, it just... And moved so well. I definitely remember them talking about this software. Oh, not, yeah. not by name, but like... Uh, on the Disney Channel, they would have little interstitials between shows. They were very proud of the sequence. Yeah, yeah. And they like brought up how it was computer animated. I think it looks good, but I think that they use it to kind of show like, hey, look how how cool this is. But it's actually not very interesting or dynamic to me when they zoomed out to like this just you know, white snow, and then all of these, you know, dots, all of these soldiers coming down, it didn't do a lot. It didn't do a lot for me, except to know that, like, they worked really hard to do this. But what I liked more in those scenes was the close up of Mulan and Khan on the horse and the the way that the snow looked doing that kind of smoky texture or like, uh, as design. the snow, as the avalanche snow is swirling. Yeah, yeah, like that design I liked way more than like the scene of, oh yeah, there's a lot of people. And I guess it, it you know, you're establishing the threat, the size of the threat. But I, I don't know, I, I, I felt like they spent a little too much time on it because they're like, hey, look at our cool software. Well, it was, know. it was impactful for me. I, I, I can, I can see where you're coming from, but I guess even equating to Lord of the Rings, like when you are surrounded and when you're having the, you know, the, the, the final fights and then you see them just cresting all of the enemies or, you know, cut, or, or even too is when you see some of the, um, 
the people coming in to help, you know, just start cresting over the hills and you start seeing those numbers, you know, or those, those people and bodies or horses, you know, pour over the hill. It was reminiscent of that for me. So it was yeah, exciting. The, the sense of scale. Yeah. Yes. It, it was exciting to me. I mean, honestly, I agree with mom. I, that scene works quite well for me, establishing the, the size of the threat they face and kind of driving home that, to just fight them would be pointless with the amount of, of men they have comparatively. For sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it works well for me. I don't, I see what you're saying with your points, but I don't have that issue. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was absolutely just amazing. Going back to something very simple, back to in the water when Mulan's in there with her three cohorts. I love the little gestures and she's holding a lily pad and she kind of smooths it out like she's trying to cover yeah. herself. And just that <laughs> movement and motion, I just love the look on her face, her kind of smoothing and, and parting that, the way she just moved her hands. I just, I just, that's one of my favorite moments. I don't know why, but yes. that was, yeah, I love no, that. it's good. Yeah. Oh, I have one more small animation note, which is a quote from Valerie. There's lots of nipples in this movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait. I'm just trying to think of when that is. Goodness. I mean, so uh, probably first one is the head uh, ancestor guy. His robe is pretty open and there's some there. Oh. In the camps, like all these dudes have their top like more loose than pink can because... So I, I I don't know. It was a lot. Then, <laughs> when did I say that? It was really, I think it was during the opening stuff in the in the camp. Yeah, yeah. Just like it's there. I guess I tuned that out. I don't know. <laughs> my my actual random animation thing, not that, is <laughs> the tying of knots, like tying up hair. They just kind of like make a vague movement of it. And then it's like, and it's good. And like, I think if she were to put up her hair like that, there would just be more than like wrapping it around and then tying it tight. It's yeah. Like, you have to like push it through something so that it actually stays up. And the other one that I noticed was whenever uh, Shane got this, the sword from his father that he just kind of like wrapped it on his belt and then it's like, and then it'll stay. And I'm like, that would just fall off. You don't do anything to that. Can, are we discussing physics now? Because I have a very big one. Apparently. Oh, the big one with, wait. The big one to me is the horse. Yes, yes. Is that, <laughs> but is that in, I guess that's not in spoilers, right? It's not in, it's okay, not in yeah. spoilers. Yeah, I, I was thinking that exact thing. I'm like, there is no way that that I horse. just, where did she, it seemed like. It's on his harness. They were like. <sighs> she tied it on his harness. It's, it's like the, a 900 pound animal. around him. I know, and one rope, one rope. I mean, don't horses. It really felt like it should have yeah. snapped. I know. Don't horses weigh like. A lot? A lot. Yeah, yeah they're like, some of them Like, are if almost... they had been flung off of the horse somehow, and then it had just been her and him, that scene would have been so much more believable. <laughs> but that they... You're not gonna kill that horse. No, but if the horse had, like, they if they been thrown off the horse mm. a little before and then the horse manages somehow to get over to where the rest of the guys are so or the horse is fine safe. like maybe it's on yeah the yeah rock. so Khan's fine sure but but they aren't on a horse that scene would have worked yeah, so much I, better for i me wanted because... to know what that rope was made out of because that was nuts <laughs> That's a good and rope. then the fact that like whoever made those arrows like holy crap that is the best guy in the entire country <laughs> 
his business is going to go up so much when they realize that Arrowhead had that much strain on it and it could support like 2,000 pounds of, of animal and people. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. I was like, and they're dead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I just, yeah, I just, that was just a reminder that in so many things, you just have to spend, you know, suspend belief and it's like, okay, this would not have happened. This there's no way this could have happened like this. I, I mean, yeah. I can forgive a little bit, but that's so egregious. I was just like, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, de- it definitely strains credulity there. Yeah. yeah, I think as a kid, you're like, okay. For the yeah, as part. a kid, it's like, whatever. But like now it's like, that's a heavy, it's a horse. <laughs> it's a whole horse. Yes. yes. All for the joke of like. It's like, I get that the men are strong. That part's fine. But the rope guy. Yeah. Yeah. The rope. Arrow, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I really liked, I can see what you were saying about the, the like watercolor influence on a lot of the scenes there was quite a number of scenes where it was just oh this is this is just beautiful like her walking over the bridge at her home like is it a river or a pond or whatever as she i don't know if she's singing at that point or just talking but like the bridge the water all that background in the morning is gorgeous and then you know contrasting with what we'll talk about later but where she's crying at the base of that dragon statue is also just striking and 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 conveys so much emotion without having to do anything but kind of you know sit in that scene. That scene's before the song, so we can talk about her uh, sitting just, under the thing. I'm just saying, like those scenes, yeah. there was no, a number of just beautiful. Also, like her and her dad under the cherry blossom yes. tree, you know, alternating between very um, detailed cherry blossoms, or if you're kind of when it's pulled back, it's just this tree and these, you know, bunches of, of pink representing the flowers. Yeah. Like, it was just all uh, gorgeous. There's, there's really good use of color too. Um, w- one of the most striking certainly is when they come upon the destroyed village Ugh, yeah. and just the, the <gasps> yes. red and blacks of that scene. Mm-hmm. It's it, yeah. I mean, it, it feels, it feels horrific. Like it should. Right. And you know, one is the, the cherry blossom and just that tree and all of that area is one of my favorites, but yeah, that scene when they come across and I think they do such a good job of getting the point across without having to show all of the carnage or anything that would obviously not be appropriate for children. Because you don't see any bodies, no, really. No, not at all. The only thing you see is the doll, and that was so impactful. Uh, because, you know, you think, okay, there was a little girl that was with that doll. But, I mean, so you don't have to see, and again, you don't see any of the horrific or the carnage but you just see that burnt ground and those pieces of flags and pieces of building and oh it's so and that red sky yes just yes very very well done and definitely gets the point across excellent use of color again of of color of contrast of shadows just just amazing any other animation notes that aren't tied to like musical numbers and stuff? What do you think this movie would be like if it were live action? Now, obviously, it's about to be. Yeah. But we haven't seen that. So just, yeah, like in a base, in basic concept, if, if you've seen trailers for the new one, ignoring those, like in basic concept, what do you think of the idea of this? being a live action movie, especially maybe compared to other 
Disney movies that definitely don't feel like they could translate to that. What do you, how do you feel about? I mean, obviously the hardest part would be Mushu's character. If you translate that or not. Right. Uh, we've established you actually don't need the cricket. So it would just be Mushu. What Vaughn said, what would push the plot? Yeah. Well, and I was, yeah. And to, and to go along with that, I, to me, it'll be interesting what they do because I normally am just not for live action thinking, uh, but the, the, the crux of the story and the storytelling was so amazing that I could definitely live without Mushu or the cricket or little brother or any of that. So I don't need any of that to make this story really compelling. So if they do a really good job at, at, establishing that incredible bond between Mulan and her father with, you know, with her comrades, you know, when they're fighting. I mean, I, then I'm, I think I'm going to enjoy it. So yeah, I don't know. I hope I'm not disappointed. I kind of feel like when I first heard they were remaking this movie, I was like, how could you even have it without Mushu? But like rewatching it just now, I kind of, I kind (laughs) of feel like I like it more depending on how dark it is. Like if, if it's, if it's just a downhill slog to the bottom of my saddest emotions the whole time, then I, I'm not going <laughs> to like it. Uh, but if if there's at least a little bit of an uphill every now and again to pep me up, then I think this could potentially be better. Because I, I think there's a good opportunity in a, a remake like that to explore some of the interpersonal relationships on a deeper level that I think will make the story more, um, you know, just enjoyable for me. I think the no knowing what I do know of of what the live action movie will be though, I think the bigger the biggest question mark for me isn't what the movie will be like without Mushu, but what it will be like without Li Shang, because he is not in it. Oh really? Um I think they have I think they have a character that's going to do a lot of filling that role to an extent, but they didn't want they basically didn't want to have the potentially harmful power dynamics of her of him being a superior, which feels like not really an issue that needed to be solved in this particular story. But yeah, yeah I'm kind of bummed it's, now. Yeah, oh, it's goodness. I, I don't it's, care. I mean, it's it one is. of those things romance. of Disney trying to <laughs> fix all of the things that people have ever complained about their movies online for, and that doesn't feel like one of the things they needed to worry about. Oh, no. yeah. now I'm worried. Yeah, goodness. that makes me sad. I I was hoping. Also, there's a witch in it. And I don't know what that's about, I, but I'm very curious. Yeah, I'm curious about that. Uh, never mind. I just lost all interest. <laughs> I, I, I listen. Now I'm very worried. Goodness. I didn't care that Li Shang and, and Mulan didn't get together in this original thing. Like enough hints were there that they were into each other that I could live with it. And there's a sequel. It's probably going to be dumb. But I, I just I like a little <laughs> I like a little side plot romance. I love that. Why? Why are they going to? I feel. <laughs> I think. And again, I haven't seen it, but I think that they are still going to try to have a romance subplot so that in that way that's why i'm saying i think that they have i think that they have a character that replaces him in in ways but i think he might be like a fellow soldier or something like that so i'm not yeah like the dynamics are going to be really different i don't know how it's going to go and i don't know for sure that they are doing a romantic subplot but i think that's what i've heard yeah, see, I think in, in this one, it's more established. He's, like, just newly captain, so it's not like he's 
I don't know. Like, I guess I can see where the concern is, but really he's not. I think it's an issue to talk about in things, certainly, but this doesn't feel like a problematic interpret. Like, this doesn't feel like a thing where we really needed to worry about that issue. Yeah. And also, I don't know, I think one of the early iterations of this film had, like, a white dude in it, or, like, a character that was supposed to be, you know, not from China, like, in the story and affecting it. it not the, the last very samurai er- effect. <laughs> Though the very earliest conception of doing a Chinese film in the 90s was a completely different story that, yes, involved a white guy uh, coming and rescuing a girl from a bad life in China. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like, uh, don't oh, do boy. that, please. No. Yeah, did we have anything more to say with the live action thing? I don't know. Yeah, that's like I at have least mixed it- feelings. Oh my gosh, now I'm scared. <laughs> I, th- I think that some of... I think that some effort has been put into making the story overall closer to the legends. So in that respect, I'm interested in seeing how that goes. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see what they'll do. But it's this basic story is one of the Disney stories that I think most could work in live action compared to ones that they've done. And I put live action in quotes because they try to count Lion King as if that's not like fully animated also just in a very realistic way. But like, you know, the the intent is there for it to be live action. Yeah, I just I'm I'm curious. I don't I'm not expecting it to be better necessarily, but I'm I'm curious. Certainly. Well, I hope yeah, like we've I'm... talked about. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, um, Valerie. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say I hope that it does that it it brings something new to the table that is that doesn't take away from the spirit of it or you know or or the really strong narrative and you know I so I hope it does something better or. If it's going to be new, not just new for new's sake, but, you know, I just hope it tells the narrative well, because it was in just an incredible story. Yeah, I, uh, I I was going to say something similar of, like, I don't think I would want a one-to-one remake, because then it's just a kind of a remake for remake's sake. Like, this is the film. The original animated one is, is you know, amazing. So I open to something different, and yeah, like, we'll see if that's for better or for worse. Let's go on to sound design. I have fun facts. Steven Swartz was originally attached to compose the lyrics and music and got as far as composing three songs. But when he also agreed to work on Prince of Egypt, because yes, Steven Swartz is the man who did the music for Prince of Egypt, he was pressured by Eisner and Peter Schneider to drop the DreamWorks project, which he refused, quitting Mulan in the process. So he didn't end up doing the music. Um, another note, a song was originally planned for Mushu to sing, but that was dropped once they signed Murphy on. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. Good. And then finally, the film's soundtrack is credited for starting the career of pop singer Christina Aguilera, whose first song to be released in the U.S. was her rendition of Reflection, the first single from the Mulan soundtrack. The song and her vocals were so well received that it landed her a recording contract with RCA Records. In 1999, she would go on to release her self-titled debut album, on which Reflection was also included. Hmm. Wow. So neat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but she was already part of the Disney family. She was in the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't like she came out of nowhere. Oh, certainly not. Um, but this was... I really like Sort her. of her big break, in That's a sense. That's awesome. 
Oh, for sure. And then 98 degrees. <laughs> you know the thing. 98 degrees and Stevie Wonder. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I found it interesting that the film opens with an orchestral version of Honor to Us All rather than Reflection or something like that. There's small hints of Reflection in there, but it's mostly an orchestral rendition of Honor to Us All. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, that's I just find that interesting. I think it's probably a more dynamic song anyway. Yeah. 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 I don't know, though, that that trailer for the live-action one that had the orchestral rendition of Reflection was... I mean, it made me cry, so... (laughs) But anyways... (laughs) um, And then my only other not-song note for sound sound stuff is the mountain scene, the build-up to the Huns coming um, over over the hill, where it was just silence for a bit, was really impactful like like stuff kind of clears and it's just dead silent for a little bit and then they start appearing in the music and the sound effects start building up but for a little bit it's it's just nothing it was, it was good uh but yeah before we get into songs i just wanted to say some of the foley was maybe a little too goofy especially uh, for mushu stuff yeah yeah like he he poked the the point of an arrow plunk, plunk. yeah and there's some goofy noises there um Obviously didn't ruin the movie, but sometimes it kind of brought me out of it. The choice of song when Mulan goes to do, I don't remember if it's her morning chores or if she's going to light, maybe when she's going to light the candles, when she makes the decision. Um, It bothered Annalise. She just thought it was kind of too... To synthesizer, yeah, or just kind of because it was very synthesizer. I liked um, it. I, that, I liked it. That mu- if you listen to the official score, that track is replaced with an orchestral version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is basically the actual music that they like. We because we watched the animatic for that for that segment, and it yeah. was the same music. And I think they yeah. just were like, since that impressed them so much, they just kept that music in there. And I mean, honestly, it works for me, even if it is a little bit musically dissonant with the rest of the music in the film. Yeah. Um, it still works for me. It's still I good. Agree. I agree. It bothered Annalise, but yeah, I liked it. I can I can see why, but yeah, I, yeah, it didn't bother me. Yeah, the, the kind of resoluteness in it, I still, you know, felt it. I don't think it took anything away. Okay, so are we getting to songs? Songs. Let's get into those four songs. Woo. Five songs. I can't. For, I'm sorry. I can't forget 98 Degrees and Stevie Wonder's song at the <laughs> okay, end. Okay, okay. That's at the end, though. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, what's the first song? Honor to Us All. Okay. It's a great song. Like, animation-wise, it was interesting with all the different woman characters. I mean, this is, like, the only other time that you see women. <laughs> Basically. dudes. Uh, so That I, and her family, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I like the differing character designs for all the all the women helping her get ready there's there's definitely a large degree of sexism i think in the lyrics of the song yeah but if you just take that song in isolation then that would feel problematic but i think that the themes of the overall movie are against that mindset and thus i think it works because it's sort of like a counterpoint argument to how she should be. This is how she should be is what these lyrics are. Yes. And I think that's fairly obvious. So it's like, if you were just listening to the song by itself, you might think, mm, that's kind of gross, but I think it's supposed to be. And so I'm okay with it. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Like I, I guess when I was younger, I didn't think about 
I mean, like, you, you recognize, right, that that's sort of a theme, but you don't realize how much they harp on it until you're just kind of going back and listening to it, and it's like, oh, oh, wow, this is really bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think they did a good job by not making Mulan position herself as, like, very obviously as, like, I'm not like other girls, and oh, therefore yeah. these girls are bad. I think it just... Sometimes you go too far in, in removing the character from the the world that she's in that you, you know, push down all the other ladies. And I think... I, like some of the opening, potential opening things that we saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely has her thinking those sorts of thoughts. And it's like, she doesn't need to think that. Yeah, I think it's just like, this is the world that they're in. And this is how other people see them. And they barring something extraordinary like they have to work within this and so and they some have people to... are just better at playing that game yeah yeah like so this is how we're you know choosing to work in this life and and you know for mulan it's like i don't i don't want to do that and that's that's fine and i i don't think it pushes other people down to push her up and i i like yeah. that and i think mm-hmm. it really illuminated the the inner turmoil that she was feeling and it also made very clear how much she loved and revered her family and and that she wasn't she wanted so much to to bring honor to her family that was the biggest theme and so that of course made her feel like she was she was so nervous that she didn't have what it took to to make that happen but like you said I don't think it it was saying that this is terrible and wrong. This is just like not who I am and that I, I've tried so hard to right. be this because I love my family so much. And I just think that theme of just loving her family and wanting to, you know, to, to please them and make them happy. I mean, that's a lot my personality too, whether, you know, however you want to say that. I mean, that's just, she felt so strongly about that. And obviously then that carried over to her, her love and and relationship with her father too. But I think it was apparent that she loved and respected her mom and grandmother is, I guess what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah. Here's my note on reflection. The reflection segment is beautiful and emotionally impactful, but would be slightly more so without the inclusion of the cricket. Because we keep getting camera cuts to what the stupid cricket is doing (laughs) when the emotional impact of the sequence has nothing to do with the... I don't need to understand how the cricket got from where she left it over to where Mushu is. I don't need to see it. You can just show me later that Mushu finds the cricket and it's fine. But they like show him go on a journey during her most emotional moment with her song and i hate it (laughs) like the scene would have been a lot better without the cricket in there yeah hard agree (laughs) yeah yeah because otherwise it's just otherwise it's really good but every time that camera cuts to the cricket or puts the cricket in the foreground i'm just mad (laughs) i'm like hey cricky you're cute can you stay out of this this is her moment i didn't really even notice yeah, yeah, I, I it, don't. I, I don't think it's a thing that bothered me when I was younger, but this time I really felt it, and it really got on my nerves. Yeah, I don't know if I really noticed it either because I was just watching her so much. It was just such a beautiful song, just so incredible. But then sometimes the camera forces you to look at the cricket, though, 
There's there are things it. where it just cuts to it and you have to look at the cricket. And yeah, you don't notice because you're like your brain tells you that's completely unimportant, so you forget it an hour later after you finish the movie. <laughs> but I don't forget it because I was made mad by it. <laughs> Yes, but otherwise, like, when it's on her, there's it's a great. lot of visual stuff that's going on. Yes. The song is gorgeous. Amazing yeah, song, like yes. It's great. I love where she she then wipes her makeup off. I, I don't think that you could have done it in one swipe like that, but it was just very uh, it's powerful. symbolism. I know. Yeah, I very know. powerful like how she was able to do that. I just love that that animation movement, too, is just how uh-huh. she did each, but yeah, each that's, arm. That's a thing that you can do in animation, right. which is why it works so well. Like, obviously, in live action, that scene, if they, if they do something similar to that scene in the live action movie, they're... They can't. I don't think they could do it exactly like that because we're not going to believe that she just somehow perfectly wiped off half of her makeup yeah. to where one side on has her nothing yeah. on it yeah. and not the other is per- like just this perfect line down the middle of the face. But you go with it in animation because even if you're even if part of your brain is like obviously that's not realistic, you get that it's symbolic and, and emotional and it and it works because it's animation. Yeah, that's the most suspension of disbelief that I had to do. It's like, oh no, oh, it's definitely, definitely a horse on that yeah. road. <laughs> 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 All right. Do we want to get into I'll Make a Man Out of You? Here's my I note. I'll it. Make a Man Out of You. Perfect sequence. I love it so much. This has been my favorite. In fact, like if we're driving somewhere and we play Disney songs, I uh, when I hear that, I just love this song. It's I so love good. singing along with this song so much. Oh my god! Like I mean, I could try to like get all like it's potentially problematic because it's talking about how a man should be a bird a bird, but no, it's just perfect. I love that song. And I love that <laughs> sequence. It's so good. Yes. I can't be critical of it. I it's mean, just so it, well done. It is kind of toxic masculinity, the theme song. It is. But it's just so catchy, right? <laughs> it is. It is. And like all the visuals and how the plot moves during that sequence, all of it works so well. Yeah, I just like can't. The pack up, go home, you're through. Yes. And then, and then she climbs it and you're like, yeah, and it's so yeah. good. Yes, and then they're all doing so good with their training. Yes, and it has the and then the and then the they sing the chorus, but the music drops out for a little bit. Oh, oh. yeah, no, that's really good. Oh, it's yeah, perfect. It is. Oh, it's it so is. well done. I love it. It's like the best sequence in the movie. <laughs> Spoiler alert for what my favorite scene in the film yeah. is. But. Oh, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. I love it's it. It's so good. Yep. I agree. It's always been one of my all-time favorite songs out of any Disney movie too. <laughs> I just love yeah, it Danica so ha- much. Danica had to ask, like, okay, how are we going to watch this film? Can, like, are we going to sing during the song or not? I'm like, I don't, I don't think I'd want to. No. <laughs> it didn't occur to me that it's like, oh, this could be a sing-along if you let me. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm good. Thank you. The only one that I couldn't necessarily easily sing is Honor to Us All. The other three... I feel like I know like everywhere. Oh, that's so cute. That's so cute. I didn't know. I will say this. I usually feel very strongly compelled to sing. But when, when I have the visuals and in the middle of the movie and with all the emotions, no, I just wanted to watch and just absorb every minute and second of it. So, so yeah. If Valerie had let me, I probably would have. <laughs> 
Can I just point out, it doesn't feel like any of these songs, like, overstayed their welcome. I don't don't know what the average number of songs is per Disney film, but I feel like... More than four, That's what I I was going to say. It's it's weird that there's so few in this one, but I didn't notice because they were all just perfect for where they were put. Mm -hmm. There was nothing... There was not really really that song where you're just like, oh, not this again, you know? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Excellent point, Vaughn. Yeah, I just so well placed... Yes, and just making and, it. And then truly. And I have more to say on that, so let's go Ooh. into our last song, which first, not related, um, the art during um, A Girl Worth Fighting For, particularly like the art on the scroll of like them yeah. thinking about the women, is is beautiful. Like it's just, yeah. it's, it's very nice to look at. Um, also, Mulan's so awkward during the song, <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> yes. Um, but then, of course, that, that mood turn as the song just abruptly cuts off the the song has no resolution it just stops and then the destroyed village yeah and that's also the point in at which there is no more songs in the movie of course up, up until you know the credits and briefly leading into the credits but like there's no more characters singing in the movie after that abrupt mood shift yeah and it's it makes really sense. effective. Yeah. Just Both like, that scene and then how it impacts the music of the rest of the movie in terms of there not being any more singing. Yeah, the it's that song. It's like, this is what we perceive war to be because we haven't been in it. And then it's like, oh, here's the reality. Yeah. And there's like, not the levity. You can't bring that levity back while this is happening. It's very good. Just, yeah. Oh, it's a punch. It is. Um, the actual lyrics of the song are are more, there's definitely, like, there's a lot of toxic masculinity and kind of some sexism stuff in most of the songs in this movie. Yeah. But also this song is very catchy and it's, it's, it's again one of those, it's sort of like Honor to Us All in that you kind of implicitly understand that some of what they're saying has to be wrong because it doesn't describe Mulan and Mulan is our protagonist and we understand that how she is, is supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little bit conflicted on it, but I still love the song. I appreciate its uh, baseline chorus. I love that a lot. Yes. Oh, didn't you have a note about Chan Po in this one? Oh, I was just I was just going to say, I, I appreciate how everyone's just like picking out physical qualities in their supposed would-be wife. And he's like, I don't care about that as long as she can cook well, which is a little self-serving and not good in a different way. Sure. At least he's accepting, you know. (laughs) He's not superficial. She can look like whatever, and I'm sure I will love her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's just cute. He is, he's a sweetie. Yeah. I hope he's not ruined in the sequel. Oh, maybe, oh no. Maybe these are ominous words. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I, have you, I don't have you not seen it? And I have seen sequel? it before. What about the sequel? No, I haven't seen it. I don't so think I, I, I have no either. Ann Lee said she has. And well, I'm like, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure that. That, it involved, that it introduces three new women who are set up with those three guys, though. Yes. That's like the only thing I vaguely know about the movie. I, so yeah, I, haven't I know seen that it we'll see more of those in three. In a long time, but I remembered liking it for a sequel. So I'm really a little scared to go into this next one. 
and Annalise likes it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I know. I'm excited because I've yeah never seen that. But yeah, no, I that was that was a good song, and and I I know I talked about this earlier, just how amazed that I, and just impressed that I am with this whole narrative. But again, yeah, that song just abruptly cutting off, and then boom, you getting just hit punch in the face with that silence with all the visuals. Man, it was just amazing. It just yeah really set the tone. Yeah, it's it's really emotionally effective. Let's go on to the section that our podcast... Hold on. What do you have? 98 Degrees and Stevie I'm sorry Wonder. we didn't even talk about 98 Degrees and Stevie Wonder. <laughs> that song bops. It's good. Yeah. It's a bop. I, it's they would great. play that music video on Disney oh, all the It's so time. cheesy and stupid, but... I skipped it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can hate it if that's what you I don't even know what this song for. is. I don't listen to the credits ever. <laughs> It comes it, in right at the, the end. I mean, if you if you didn't stop until it actually cut to the credits, then you heard some of it because it was that music that started uh, playing. And it's like cricky, hit it cricky. Yeah, oh, yeah. yes, yes, that yes, one. yes, 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 yes. I like that. They played that music video on Disney a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's really cheesy late nineties, early two thousands pop. Like it's terrible, but it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> okay, yeah. now we can move on. Yeah. Okay, now we can move on. <laughs> Let's go to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? Your great grandfather had to be a cross dresser. That was a line in there. Great granddaughter. Yeah. Great granddaughter. Yeah. Reference to Mulan. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry. I'm, yeah, I wrote it down wrong. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's well. And to follow that up, then then um, it's obviously framed as a negative, and so that's an unfortunate to have an insult hurled out like there. Even if it's also kind of just foreshadowing what Mulan's gonna do. It's yeah. well, I know. And then Mushu follows that up with, um, you know, because Miss Man had to go and. Something with also cross-dressing or, or Miss Man had to go, gosh, now I wish I could remember the exact line. But Mushu yeah, says No, he definitely similar. said something like that. The gender politics in this are inherently a little muddy, muddy you know, and, and gross yeah, and, sometimes. And so unnecessary but, because, you know, if you think about it, when is Disney or when are, when are you know, any writers and movie producers going to ever get really get the message hit home that you don't have to disparage anyone and, and make a joke at the expense it, it, that just really doesn't add anything. It's, it's just, it's not even that funny. I, I mean, or it's not funny. I mean, I think most people don't even find it funny anymore. I don't even know why kids would find it funny. So why are you doing it? And because they could have definitely gotten the point across, even at the concern Bringing about something about, you know, Mulan's risking her life. You know, if they find out, you know, whatever. that You can work that narrative in. You don't have to make it a cross-dressing joke. I don't know, Mom. All I know is that Ace Ventura did very well in the 90s, and people sure loved that movie. <sighs> so, um, yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, Society's I mean, transphobic, Mom. Yeah, that's really, there's a lot of, like... Uh, just but this is no Ace there. Ventura, which again I haven't seen, and thank goodness because that would have just really messed a young me up. I'm sure this isn't problematic on that level, but inherently because it's a story about a girl dressing up as a guy for a majority of the movie, there are jokes and stuff that are just kind of like either eye rolly or kind of like eh. yeah. I mean, there, be, be a man, just that inherent yeah. Uh, like there's a lot of just gender politics stuff that's kind of weird and kind of messy, and overall don't like some of it. But overall, I I really enjoyed the movie, and that stuff wasn't 
I don't know if it's even fair to say that it wasn't present enough. It was just minimal enough, I guess, that it doesn't dampen the movie for me. I could see how it could for some people. But for me personally, as a trans woman, I still adore this movie. And I think part yeah, of it know. is that a lot of times when stuff like that comes up, it's a one-off joke that you're like, I'm just sitting here enjoying this movie. Sure. And then you throw in like a lady who you put you know, facial hair on as, like, a joke or something, and it's like, whoa, that was so unnecessary. Yeah. But, like, yeah, this is a central part of the film, and there's a a bigger context where you can, where messages, like, they're saying things, but there's a lot of stuff that you consider around it. Yeah, I I think... there's definitely even more to unpack with this whole issue in the, in the... Spoiler section two, um, which we will definitely get to. Uh, Were you sorry? Were you going to say something, Vaughn? I was just going to comment that I think it's a little bit messy and confusing because the theme of the the whole movie is basically like presenting this sexism and like these weird gender uh, flip flop kind of things in a way where it's it's framed like it's bad that people view them that way. And then they still insert all this other weird stuff throughout it. That's not in that same context. And so it just feels unnecessary and strange that they, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what it kind of comes down to is that this is ultimately a story about a woman pretending to be a man that is written by two white guys. (laughs) Um, Like, yeah. Like what it ultimately comes down to is that the people making this movie don't really understand all of what it's about because of who they are. And so inherently there's just going to be weird contradictions and just weird stuff in it. And then, yeah, I don't know. And then I do have a a slight soapbox to get on, but it it happens later in the film. So I don't know if you guys wanted to talk about anything else here. Let me do that in a moment. I just... Sure. This is at 36%, so I want to make sure that I can read big notes before. Two fun facts or whatever about reception. Uh, Chinese people complained about Mulan's depiction as too foreign-looking and the story is too different from the myths once it was released over there. And the, the Chinese government was also not super interested in promoting it, and so they kind of released it at a bad time and didn't do any promotion or anything so it didn't do well over there but also just the general consensus was kind of that it was eh. but more interestingly the turkish nationalist movement party mhp protested the film's release in turkey in january 1999 and called for screenings within turkey to end due to its negative portrayal of the shangnu who are considered historical ancestors to the Turks. MHP deputy Nazif Okmus stated uh, regarding the film, From start to finish, this animated film distorts and blackens the history of the Turks by showing the Huns, Shang-Nu, as bad and the Chinese as peace lovers. So, there was a group that was very upset with how the Huns were portrayed in this movie. Yeah. Which I think is fair, um, because they're definitely, there's no nuance with the Huns. They're just... This evil bad force, and that's all that there is to them. Yeah, fair. That's all that. That's all that I. Ha- that's the only other thing I have for this section. So please, if you want to. Um. Okay. This is probably a little soapboxy, but I and I never noticed it before. But I guess there's a comment that Mushu makes where he's trying to cheer Mulan up, where he tells, like, he shines up that helmet and he shows her her face and tells her, "You look so pretty." And I just want to ask, like, parents and just like family members, just anybody that knows a a woman, please do not like compliment women or like base their self-worth on 
on their physical presentation. Like, I just don't think that's an appropriate way to like build a woman up. Like it may be true, but like there's not a whole lot of inherent like value to whether or not you're physically attractive. And, and it's not like, especially in, in the, the context of the scenario where he said it, it wasn't relevant either. So it's kind of just like, oh, shouldn't you be so happy that you're outwardly good looking? And I just don't like that. I think there's other things that women have worth in. There's too much like mainstream media focus on a woman's physical representation. I just don't approve of it. So, you know, just think about it next time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, that's valid. Agreed. Yeah, because actually, yeah, the context that he said, you look so pretty, was not that was not even applicable to anything going on. I mean, she's she's devastated. That Mom, they... what you're saying is actually a little too much into the spoiler territory. So how about we go on to our spoiler, spoiler alert. alert? Skip to one hour, forty minutes, and thirty eight seconds. Now please continue talking about Vaughn's comment, but in more detail. Mm, so sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, hey, yeah, just Mushu saying that she looks pretty just had nothing to do with anything because the context he said it, it made no sense because she had just, she was devastated that now she wasn't going to be able to bring honor to her family because she now wasn't going to keep being able to fight in this war. And he's saying, but you look so pretty. I mean, what does that have to do right. with the team? I mean, what does that have to do it with It just anything? really gross, grossed me out because, I mean, just looking at what had happened so far in the story, she had done so many remarkable things worthy of, you know, being valued and praised. And that was what he went to the first thing to try and cheer her up. And it's just like that that is nothing it pales in comparison to all the great things she's done previously, like her own achievements that she had to work so hard for. Whereas, I mean, arguably you can only do so much to pretty yourself up and she wasn't even trying to do that. So, you know, I just, it's just kind of yeah. speaks to yeah. Yeah. society as a whole. I think it definitely, yeah. Like it speaks, it's not like a slam on Mushu or anything as a character. It's just like, it speaks to the pervasive sexism throughout our society and like how, we just have been taught to learn to think that that is an acceptable way to try to make a woman feel better, right? Even if it has yeah, nothing to do with the situation. W- yeah, there's. I mean, because literally, she was not feeling bad about herself physically. Right. Uh, she was upset. Well, if anything, she was felt bad that she got hurt. I mean, you know, like you know, being upset with herself for getting hurt. I mean, not for how the heck she looked. And, so, and I'm not saying yeah, it had nothing yeah. to do with. I'm not saying you can't ever compliment a woman on her appearance. I think if you're like going oh, sure. to a thing where some it's obvious someone put effort into trying to look nice, that's an appropriate scenario where you go, oh, you look very pretty if it's like oh we just had this big battle and you did all this cool stuff and you whip that out i'm like all right dragon (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um why did so going a little bit before that why does i forget his name um but the guy let mulan's hair down as he to show that she's a woman yes because ling has long hair too they all have long hair yeah Except yeah. the bald guy, obviously. Oh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, like, they have long yeah. hair. That doesn't... I mean, admittedly, it's not like I would want him to rip the thing off of her to make her boobs more apparent or anything. But, like, pulling her hair down doesn't signify that... Right. She, long hair doesn't signify she, that she's a she woman. She had even yeah. cut it yeah. at not the beginning this. so that it wasn't as long. So yeah. it shouldn't have... Uh... <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I, one of my notes is the Bear Bros. You remember what that's about, babe? <laughs> yes, uh, the two uh, guys in the Hun army that were just... They're like, like twins yeah. who never wear shirts. Yeah, they like break out of the snow and it's like, we're very cold. Like, <laughs> these guys, why don't you have shirts? It's, you're stuck in the snow and they're the Bear Bros. I love you. <laughs> Mulan trying to tell random citizens about the threat seemed very <laughs> silly. It's like... Girl, that's not, you're not, they're trying to sit here and watch like a celebration and stuff going on. Like that's not, the hawk giving Sean Yu his sword as he poses like a gargoyle was A plus theatricality. And I'm like, yes, man, more of this. (laughs) Like he was just hiding in the shadow like a gargoyle and then like rises and he's like, "Mm, look at me. I'm so cool. And it's like, yes, more of that. Please show more personality. But then he doesn't. He had a few good moments, but yes, just very few. So we definitely have to talk about the three guys dressing up as ladies. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that was... Honestly, the part that most annoyed me was... Well, the two lines that most annoyed me was him off screen saying, does this dress make me look fat? Ha ha, so funny. You're so funny. Um, and then one of the one of the bear bros saying that they're ugly concubines, and it's like, hey, but then they're working it. Please be, don't be rude to was them. Was that the same guy who was into it a second later, or was it the other bear bro? No, no his brother was into it, but the oh, other okay, thing, okay. one brother was into it, and the other brother is like they're ugly, well, and then and like shames the other brother for like. The thing them. that annoyed me the most was they're like. She runs up and she Mulan says, "Oh, they're they're not going to make it in time." And then they take the time to do a wardrobe change. Like I, that's that's up there with a horse for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I mean it's silly. Yeah, I don't I don't totally know how to feel about it. It's silly. Well, I don't I hate it. She, you know, defeated them by by dressing like a man, and now they're going to defeat them by these guys dressing like women. And it's, like, obviously supposed to be funny that Yao still has facial hair while he's done up like that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's it's just, I guess it's just another of those things where it's, like, overall how it was actually executed didn't bother me that much. So, whatever. Like, I don't yeah. know. It's problematic, but whatever. Well, the thing is, you could have completely done without that because you could have just had them. It was great, again, with the timeliness of it to keep the believability is I have an idea. And yeah, them all skirt up the poles, you know, like they they were trained. You could have just done that and they could have they could have approached those guys and snuck up and and fought them off another way. You know what? Have to be. You know what I would love in a sequel that is 100 percent not going to be in the sequel if that was a moment of awakening for one of them, <laughs> like if Ling's just like, or, or Chien Po's just like, you know what? This is great. And then is just, just like <laughs> keeps, even if it's just that they find out that they like cross-dressing rather than like a gender thing. And, and you got to see them explore that more in the sequel. That 100% won't be that in the sequel. There's no way. <laughs> I wouldn't oh. get your hopes up there. Yeah. I will definitely not. That the, will not happen. In the scene, in that scene where they're climbing up the pole with the uh, sashes or whatever, is another instance of like silly foley or silly noises mm-hmm. where they like whip the things to the side and they have like a whoopsh noise. And yeah, it's like, yeah. That's not necessary, but okay. It was fine. Did for anyone me. else notice how, uh, what's his name? Oh gosh, not Yao, not Chimpo, Ling. Did anyone notice how when he like posed in his 
outfit, his apple uh, boobs yes. <laughs> kind of swiveled. Around. Yeah, and then he just kind of covers it. Yeah. He's like, oh. <laughs> I'd never noticed that before. I was like, wow, Disney. Yep. Um, when Sean Yu started trying to to kill Mulan and was breaking pillars, Valerie and I both immediately made load bearing jokes. <laughs> both at the same time. Oh, yeah. Hope those aren't. Hope load those be- pillars aren't load bearing. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> um, oh, cute. So, can we talk about how Li Shang is the absolute worst at flirting? Oh, just like so the good. worst. But he that's why he's cute. And no, he's so endearing because he's so bad at it. You fight good. I think that's oh, wow, crazy. So and and then like she walks past and he's like. Maybe you can just see on his face, like, I might not have knocked it out of the park with that one. Yeah, I've, I've been meaning to say, I, I was supposed to do an animation. There's a lot of good face stuff going on. Yeah. With Mulan in, in this, like, the scene where she's watching her family and with him, he's like, oh, I'm a big dummy. Uh, just a lot of good face <laughs> animation. Anything else with spoilers? Uh, nope. <laughs> oh. I like how Sean Yu explodes. It's a fun way to kill a bad guy. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I love too just the sliding down the uh, the cords and stuff. I don't know. I love yeah. all that. No, that's fun. Swashbuckling. Yes, reminds me of the Three Musketeers. All right, we'll be done with spoilers then. Let's go on to favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? If it's spoilers or something, then just be vague. It's hard to pinpoint one because I I really enjoy this. Uh, I think for me it would it would be the the whole scene with the matchmaker inside the matchmaker's yeah. place. It's it's yeah. I ju- I just don't find the humor very funny, and that's a big part of the scene. So it falls flat for me. Yeah, and just feels like it goes on too long. I'll agree with. I that. I just would have even if it wasn't as early as I suggested, just a little bit earlier of a cut from that situation to the outside and the doors opening if there had been at least a step or two in the mayhem that we didn't get to personally see so we had to fill in the blanks in our own head i feel like it just would have made it funnier so yeah that scene i think is my least favorite it's not like i would want it completely excised since it's important to build up mulan as a character but i feel like it could have been reworked to be better yeah, I don't like that scene, but I think the scene that I really dislike also, and I can't think of his name, but he is the Emperor's liaison guy. What's his name? Chifu. Okay, so Chifu, what, when he says to, you know, the captain and really puts him down, at least I earn my position, and then he goes out and goes to go swim with everyone, just just sing too just too much of him i just <laughs> such an unappealing character i just did not like him i mean he's snooty, basically like snootiness. a secondary antagonist in some ways oh, for sure, yeah. but yeah, not like yeah, not just, like evil just like a jerk <laughs> yeah he just, yeah it was just too too heavy a dose of jerkiness <laughs> the, those those overlapping scenes fair uh, yeah, that is a good one. Um, I I guess I'm just too much of a realist, so I'm going to go with the horse on a rope. Um, <laughs> I just really, well, that whole thing kind of bothers me. You're like, I'm... Because the, yeah, yeah. the avalanche to begin with, they all would have probably died. Like, that rock was not big enough, I don't think, to have mattered or saved, especially, like, any of them, especially the whole army they had. And then the, the horse thing, like, that whole thing needed a different resolution than, than it got. It's that even that doesn't bother me that much. I feel I, I feel like if they'd gotten knocked off the horse, that would have made it like ninety percent more believable. Yeah, yeah. 
favorite scene. It's definitely I'll make a man out of you, the whole sequence. That's my favorite scene, 100%. (laughs) I love it. I have to echo that. I have to echo that. I love that so, so much. And her up up top and throwing the arrow back down. But yeah, that whole sequence. Is it my favorite song? I don't know. We'll have to find out in the next part. Of course it is. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, what if it's not? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, True to Your Heart is your favorite song. (laughs) Oh, no. Um... No, um, I guess I would say favorite scene for me might be the one after she comes back from the matchmaker and just like her sadness with all of, oh no, after the, the dad gets conscripted and she's like deciding to, to go in his place, like from her cry. After the confrontation at the dinner table where she goes out into the rain. Yeah. 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 All of that. Like her crying there, her like becoming resolute in what she's decided and all that that's high up there for me too definitely yeah. it's one of yeah. the best parts yes the, awesome. the, the yeah. emotion good there job. is really good um basically the entire ending scene i love the part with her dad i don't know if i'm allowed to, to talk about it in specifics but um just the way you can be vague yeah just their interaction when she returns um that is yes. the part that made me cry i love that so so spoilers much. that mulan doesn't die yeah, <laughs> i guess um and then the the grandma's response to you know who's showing up so funny i i love her yeah. off-screen commentary <laughs> amazing the whole ending i just is perfect it's like chef's kiss perfect Mwah. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Who was your least favorite character in the movie? Chifu. <laughs> I just do not like him. Yeah, I guess I have to agree. Like, he's just, like you said, a secondary antagonist. Just being annoying. Like, oh, you don't deserve to be captain. Oh, like, your unit will never see the war. And he's just so haughty. Yeah, you know, yeah. just uh, so arrogant. Just haughty and uh yeah. All right. Entitled. Um, I'm gonna go with Shan Yu because he's boring. I think Chifu is is fun that he helps build up Li Shang. He gives his character background, and and therefore I can forgive him. And also, it's kind of sad when the guys get him wet or like push him in at the the bath they all take. Uh, I do feel a little <laughs> bad for him there, so I can't pick him. But Shan Yu, yeah, I'm gonna go with him. <laughs> Okay, I have a hot take, guys. Hot take. Uh-huh. Okay, first, first of all, I'm I'm on uh, Vaughn's side with Chifu, um, with how I th- I feel like he he has a role to play in the movie, and I feel like he does it well. Sure. I think Sean Yu has a role to play in the movie and serves it adequately, so I will give him that. But my least favorite character is the character that serves no role in the film oh, and could have been oh, excised creepy. from it. And it would have made one of the most emotional scenes in the movie better. And that is the cricket, who I will just call the the cricket. No, I mean, cricket's cute, but don't have cricket in the film and it's better, I think. So that's why cricket is my favorite. (laughs) Least if for favorite. no, least sorry, my least favorite. If for no other reason than it would have made the reflection scene better. But like, cricket doesn't have to be in there. I know that I had a plush of Cricky and, and like that he's cute. He's merchandisable, but he doesn't need to be in the movie. So that's my least favorite. All right. All right. <laughs> favorite character in the movie. Mulan. 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 Yeah, Mulan. Oh, but the grandma. Yeah, Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> you can say, yeah, grandma was up there. It's like, ah, oh, but she's not in it that much. She's and Li so Shang funny. is up there, but Mulan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Mulan's yeah. just good. She's great. She's very I good. Know. Yeah, she goes through and a it's journey. So, 
amazing. And it's so exciting to to have the main, I mean, the protagonist be my choice. This has been the first of, of many movies that I've actually chosen the um I mean, Bianca was one of the protagonists, and she was our favorite in the first Rescuers, I think. Yeah, no, but, but not many of the movies. Not for her, it was Evan Rude. Oh, that's yeah. right. You did yeah. like Evan Rude the most. You're right, babe. <laughs> I did, I did. I did. Yeah. But yeah, no, Mulan is just amazing. I just, I just love her so much. Yeah, she's just great. She's the original DIY princess. (laughs) 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 She don't need no man. I love it. She's perfect. This movie was a musical. It has four to six songs, depending on how you want to count it. Four songs in the movie. And then there's also True to Your Heart at the end. And also Christina Aguilera has a version of Reflection. Oh, the pop So you could count that if you want. I don't think any of us will. So what was your least favorite song? Uh, If you didn't listen to the credits, then you don't get to pick one of those. Probably Honor to Us All. Yeah, I'll go with that. It's good, but least favorite. Yeah, it's Honor to Us All for me, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to mirror that. And that includes the credit songs. Um, Yeah, yeah, I just. I really like it. Honor to Us All is good. It's good. But it's the one of the four actual like main songs in the film that I just don't listen to that much. It's just not as good as the others, I think. Favorite song in the film. Make a man out of me. Yeah, man out of you. (laughs) It's definitely all make a man out of you. you. Vaughn? I said man out of me. Man out of you. Um. I'll I be the dissenter. So I, I like a good chorus song, like with everyone. So I like a girl with Friday Four. That's good that's valid. Honestly, Aww. I feel like any of the three main ones are valid. Reflection yeah. is also valid. Any of those I can. I, I feel like I've just heard great. too much of Reflection to to feel that's as fair. strongly about it anymore. I've become kind of numb to it because I've heard it so much. That's fair. That's fair. But I was also hurt. I've listened to. I'll make man out of you. All the time. <laughs> I, know. I just love it. I love it. Well, it just, it just, man, just makes me just want to accomplish something. Oh, yeah, just, oh. it's really good. But also, yes, yeah. A Girl with Fighting For is also great. So, great songs in this. If Tim Curry played a role in this movie, who would he have played? Oh, yeah. Chifu. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. I do say. like him as Chifu. That would be good. I mean, I could see that, but also James Hong seems so perfect for that role. True. Like, that's I mean, a perfect James Hong role. Well, what else he play? Oh, I guess he could play Yao. Which was, <laughs> if he was Sean Yu. Wait, wait, did we say Sean Yu? I mean, like, oh, the, no. the main, the villain? Oh, just thought oh something we didn't great. say Sean Yu. What if he was I Sean Yu? He's, he's my vote, because then... It would make him slightly more interesting, I feel like. Yeah, because I think Tim Curry would be able... They'd have to animate, and, and, and he would definitely bring some you know wild card thing to the table and 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 bring in that personality there's no way he could just play such a sorry boring... miguel ferrer you're you're oh. you did fine but like and when he ha- and he could have a menacing laugh tim curry does so well yeah. he could even yeah he could have even had a song tim i oh, would have man, been a little confused awesome why why a hun sounded like that but yep. whatever <laughs> Yeah, I think they slipped in. It's already a white person playing him, I'm pretty sure. So I think Miguel Ferrer is white. Maybe an ancestor, too. But no, I think Sean Yu would be a really big, impactful. I mean, he could be an ancestor, but he couldn't. He couldn't be is the main one. An right. So, I mean, you couldn't get rid of. Uh, oh, that's fine. So, so I mean, he'd just be like one of the other dudes. Yeah, and the it's guy who just got gonna... his head cut off. <laughs> Doesn't all he say is thanks? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> and just that line is. 
That's too much of a waste of a of Tim Curry. I mean, I wouldn't want to replace most of these people oh, yeah, because most of them are at least Asian American, even if they're not Chinese. So I'd really only want to slot him into one of the roles where a white person was already doing it. So yeah, I mean, he could be Yao. That'd be a different, that'd be just basically different. I mean, Harvey Fierstein, Tim Curry, they both have very iconic voices. Oh, I have a so. good suggestion. By good, I mean awful, but hilarious. Oh no. Oh no. The Emperor. <laughs> oh no. Can you imagine that smarmy voice? You couldn't re- I can imagine. <laughs> But yeah, oh, I, I but I still it. wouldn't want to. Yeah, I know. Although I can throw this one in because June Foray is white. Grandmother Fa. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> and but sa- she did same such lines, an incredible same job. same level of um, needs. Ev- but Tim Curry. I don't know how that would sound. <laughs> June Foray is great. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but like she's amazing. There's some interesting choices, but overall, yeah, I wouldn't want to. I think Yao is maybe the one that I'd most be cool with it because it's basically just the same idea is like sure. a guy who a sounds weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go on to our overall consensus and how we would rate this movie. So who wants to go first? Uh, I can do it. Overall consensus is still, yes, I would definitely recommend it. Songs are great. There are some... Uh, arguably problematic things, but it's kind of within the whole fabric of the film that I think it, it doesn't ruin the movie. Like it, it's kind of, some of those questions and thoughts are a part of it. So I, I wouldn't knock it points down for that rating. I will say at at least a four, Oh man. Um let's say like four point two five as my rating for the film. Nice. I don't I don't mind going second unless you want to go Vaughn. Um I don't know how strongly I feel about it either. I I'm somewhere in the realm of what Valerie was feeling. I, I think it's a it warrants above a four. I don't know if I feel strong enough about it to say four point five, so I'm probably just gonna agree with Val. I'm I'm gonna go with four point five. I would absolutely recommend it. I definitely feel like it's a strong 4.5 because I find the narrative so compelling and so well done. And especially with the incorporation of the, of music, of silence, of animation. I think the songs were awesome. This is one of the movies where all of the songs were great. I mean, were really good. I had a hard time, you know, picking my least favorite and they were just so compelling and they were, they also worked with the narrative so well. I mean, just such emotional impact. So yeah, I'm going to say a strong 4.5. Nice. Um, obviously, yes, I recommend it. I think it's great. Um, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to fall in line with uh, Valerie and Vaughn. Yeah, 4.25. I think part of me wants to edge it up to the 4.5, but there's just a couple of things like the horse on a rope or just some of the kind of problematic things that you get when you have white men be the main ones in charge of creating a concept that isn't about them at all that that kind of bother me i i feel like some of the issues in this movie are either going to bother you so much that you just don't want to watch the movie or are just going to kind of simmer but otherwise you're still going to love the movie 
I think it's just kind of one of those. Um, for me personally, I love it still, um, warts and all. So yeah, 4.25. I think it's great. I think uh, there's some really great artistry in there. There's some amazing songs in there. It's good stuff. And Mulan is great. She's a great heroine. Great Disney character. Yes. Sean Yu isn't. I agree. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. I never said this on the air. <gasps> you didn't. In Let's just throw this here. Yeah. Sorry. When Mulan premiered, Disney did a promotional thing in the city of China, Texas, which I lived ah. near at the time. They, I forgot. Uh, There's basically a couple of like small little Texas towns that are all close together and go to the same school. Yeah. So, yes. um, including China, they, Texas, they built a replica of the Great Wall of China in China, Texas, which is odd. Um, and it was at uh, the middle school that I went to. Not at the time; I was a little younger, uh, too young for that. Uh, and that is a choice that Disney made to do to promote their film, and. Also, whenever uh, 101 Dalmatians uh, released, they have a, what is it, 24-foot yes. tall fire hydrant in, in Beaumont. Dalmatian fire hydrant. I assume this was when the live action Well, yeah, I think it's still there. You'll definitely, no, you'll definitely have to bring it, it up when we do it that was the, episode. It was the video reissue. Oh, okay. And, and apparently there was Which a was little... Which was probably still around the time. Of yes, the... no, the, the fire hydrant is still there, and so that's... A little odd thing that Disney decided to do in in two towns that were very close to each other in this state yes. of Texas. Yeah, yeah, where we, yeah, that was it's that's amazing. Odd. Yes, I, I'd forgotten about that. All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Next time we are going to have more adventures with Mulan because, of course, this is one of the ones that Disney made a sequel to. So we'll be covering that next time. Talk to you then. And thank you so much. Well, thank you, Valerie, so much for being with us um, and being with us on so many of these. And thank you, Vaughn, so much for all you contributed to this and for joining us. Thank you. Yes. Appreciate the invite. Well, we'll see you eventually. I don't know when you'll be back. (laughs) Maybe a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye. Subscribe. Y'all stay safe. We love y'all. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. <laughs>